Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastalka, and I am excited for our guest today. I've got David Stone here, and we're going to be talking about conquering... <laughs> I just I just looked at it, conquering self doubt and imposter syndrome, and and we're going to be talking about David his book I Fearless man let's let's get into it David glad to have you here. Uh, thanks Damon I am thrilled to be here and thrilled to share this uh, this stuff with your with your listeners and your viewers because self doubt imposter syndrome anxiety my gosh it's just uh, I mean we we've had it up to here with epidemics but that certainly is one of them. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I tell you, uh, when we connected on this, I was and and got your books looking at them and going through them and stuff. I, I mean, I'm really inspired by your story and, and, and let's kind of start there because you, you, you started in one of your, your latest books here, the, the fearless decision you talked about, about actually living in your car and being a successful, successful international marketing consulting, living in your car. Let's, let's start and Talk about your background and just yeah, that, kind of that, that, what that's got not you here. You hear on the, that's not something you hear every day is somebody. Yeah. Like that. But yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's exactly what happened to me. I um, uh, And not only was that, but I, I was 55 years old and had yeah. been, you know, had a career for many decades and a successful career. But here's the really interesting thing is that anxiety and self-doubt and imposter syndrome, they are, they're sort of, I, I like to call it an invisible curse. You know, on the mm -hmm. outside, you look great. Everything, you like you got your act together, everything's going just fine. And, uh, and yet on the inside, it's just a mess. Now, nobody can see that from the outside, but on the inside, you're a mess. And you think, you know, I don't belong here. How did, how did they let me in? Yeah. When are they going to find out? And the thing about thoughts is, and we've heard this so many times, but ultimately they create your reality because the things that you think about are the things that you focus on and the things that you draw to you. And one of my uh, go-to anxieties, if you want, was always money. And I grew up as a kid, uh, you know, had a wonderful upbringing as a kid, uh, five, well, I was one of five. And so we had a big family, had a wonderful upbringing, the only thing that wasn't there was money. And so uh, I spent my childhood watching my mom and dad once a month sit around the kitchen table and worrying, oh, how are we going to do this? You know, and all those all over the table and the looks on their faces and, oh, who are we going to rob this month to pay them and on and on and yeah. on. And so I grew up with, you know, these thoughts being put in my head. And I'm not blaming them or anything. They were doing what they had to do. Yeah. But I grew up being indoctrinated with this idea that money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, 
the only way you can be rich is to be lucky or crooked. You know, those, those are the two routes to getting uh, to being wealthy. And so I carried that into my adulthood. And you just sort of believe these things. And sooner or later, it catches up with you. And so uh, when you have these beliefs in yourself, self-limiting beliefs, what happens, and, and they're below your level of consciousness, because I was out there, I was making six figures as a marketing consultant, I'm traveling all over the country and around the world, and, uh, and yet there's this thing going on inside my head that's saying, you don't belong here, and so you start mm -hmm. to self-sabotage. And it doesn't matter how much money you make, all you have to do is spend that much more, <laughs> and there isn't enough. And so here I was, and this was uh, 2009, summer, fortunately, it was summertime. And all of a sudden, I am uh, I had a house foreclosed on me. I was trying to juggle a couple of houses at the same time. I had some, anyway, one, you know, I won't get into all the details, but suddenly here I am, literally living in my car and not living in my car as in the Hertz guy that, you know, the, the road warrior who keeps Hertz in business. I was literally, yeah. you know, I pull into the rest stop. It was a truck stop at night. and remember it very clearly in, uh, in South Carolina. And I pull in to the, you know, get all comfy, pull the pillow out of my back seat, lay the seat back, wrap my leg around the gear shift and go off to sleep. And the next morning I'd wake up and I, I would drive to the public library. It was a great office because they had Wi-Fi and I was still serving my clients. Clients didn't know a thing about this, but there it's going. Anyway, so, you know, I find myself in this situation. And of course, the first thing you want to do, your first instinct is, who do, who do I blame for this? Whose fault is this? Uh, you know, it must be the government's fault, must be the economy's fault, must be, uh, you know, my client's fault. Uh, that's it. That's it. It's my accounts receivable. They don't they won't pay me those whatever. And uh, anyway, so you look around trying to find somebody to blame. But then when you think about it long enough. You realize, or I realized at least, that uh, for all the events that led up to this, everything that happened that led up to this, there had been one and only one person consistently present for everything yes. that happened. Yeah. And it was the guy in the mirror. And so I, I sort of went, oh, well, hmm, just a minute. And uh, anyway, I, I remember very clearly that morning I'd woken up early and it was beautiful morning, sun coming up through the pine trees. And I sort of looked in the, the rear view mirror because that was my vanity mirror to get brush my hair with. And uh, I said, okay, wow, maybe it is me. And then it sort of hit me. And I, and I said to nobody in particular, but anybody who might have been listening, I uh, said, okay, my way has not worked. <laughs> this is what my way has gotten me. There's got to be a better way. And I'm wide open to it. And what was yeah. really interesting, because as soon as you open yourself to solutions, yeah. as, I mean, because we try to muscle through everything. No, I can do this. I'm tough. I'm resilient. But as soon as you open yourself to solutions, it was very interesting. That very day, I drove to the public library where I would work. And about mid-morning, I get up. I'm sitting at one of those little tables. I get up. I have to go to the, use the men's room. And I'm walking through the stacks where the, all the books are. And this book had had fallen off and was lying on the ground. So I guess had bumped it or whatever. And I'm a neat guy. I bent down to pick it up and I look. 
And it was a book by the late, great Wayne Dyer, who was a wonderful um, self-help <laughs> yeah. person. And I started flipping through the pages and <laughs> I said, okay, somebody's listening here. Yeah. And that, that was the first of literally hundreds of books that I have read, courses I've taken, studying that I have done. Because what I realized is what was to blame was inside here in my head and the thoughts that I've been having and the, the self-limiting beliefs that I was going. So I said, all right, I am going to learn everything that I can possibly learn about how I got here, what was going on in my head. And I knew it had nothing to do with the economy because you know, all these other people around me are doing great and I have lots of clients and everything else. So I said, all right, it's in here somewhere. What can we find? And mm -hmm. I spent um, I spent quite a while. I spent, uh, I mean, fortunately, uh, the, the in, living in my car part only lasted about a month or so. But the study part, to the, you know, still going to this very day, but uh, it took me a couple of years, but I learned so much about it. And uh, yeah. what I learned was allowed me to get rid of these, get rid of anxiety, get rid of fear, get rid of self-doubt, get rid of imposter syndrome. And I can safely say today that there is nothing that goes on out there that knocks me or, or gets me frightened or gets me, uh, you know, anxious or whatever. I, I, you know, I have challenges just like anybody yeah. else, yeah. but that's all they are. As I look at them and say, oh, okay, there's an interesting one. What are we going to do about that? But yeah. lying awake at night, not, not anymore. That's awesome. What? That's, that's great. And we'll stop just for a moment. Cause I want to say hello, Ronald Henderson. Thanks for being here today. Ronald's out of the DC area. Uh, great to see you here today. Uh, Chris Loken uh, out of Wisconsin. So it's great, great to see you here today, Chris. Um, thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. So you, <laughs> it, it, I just I just have to giggle a little bit because. Well, you, what else can you do? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I giggle a little bit because you talked about open yourself to solutions and in yep. how you describe. You walked by and found that Wayne Dyer book lying on the ground. Mm -hmm. And he opened it up. So I have to ask, what what was the title of that book? Um, I'm just looking behind me here, and yeah, yeah, just. I mean, th this is not a false background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is where I learned. I can't. I think. I think, but I can't remember for certain. But it was. I think it was called the Power of Intention. I, I the Power of Intention. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's, just, it's up there somewhere. Yeah, I just um, finished that book not too long ago. So okay, but yeah. it just suddenly got me. I thought, okay, well, wow, my thoughts, what's been going on in my head that got me here, and I kept wanting to blame outside circumstances all the time, but the outside circumstances have got nothing to do with it. They are the result of what's going on in my head. Um, yeah. There's there's two interesting things, the phenomenons that go on, and by by the way. What I started to do once I had said, okay, I got to learn about this. I, I started a really intense study. And what I decided to do, and, and this is what I do with now with all my students and my, uh, with my clients and such that I work with. I said, I'm going to take a very objective view to this. 
I'm going to be like a scientist in a laboratory. And I have this blob of anxiety. I have this blob of self-doubt sitting on my laboratory bench. I'm wearing my white lab coat and I'm going to study it. I'm going to poke it and measure it and weigh it and probe it and dissect it and you know, learn everything that I can to learn about it in a very detached kind of way. And, wow. um, and that was really, really useful because the, I learned some really amazing things. Number one that I learned is that we, uh, as humans, we are born with two and only two fears. We're, we're pre -pro we come pre-programmed and the two we are born with is number one, loud noises, and number two, falling. After that, every single thing that we, you know, that goes bump in the night or that we lie awake about is learned or conditioned to us. Yes. And or we teach ourselves this. And the vast, vast majority of those things are things that are in our heads because, you know, the, the human body is an amazing miracle thing. And uh, it is designed that if it's threatened in any kind of way, it knows how to respond. So, and, and this is millions of years old, this biology mm -hmm. that we've got. And so, you know, your caveman walking along and the saber-toothed tiger jumps out of the bush and we are pre-programmed with our biology to sense a threat. And the instant we sense a threat, our body takes over and it kicks in and a couple of really thing, interesting things happen. Number one, uh, we start pumping hormones in, uh, cortisol, adrenaline, some of these other things that prime our body for action. Our heart rate goes up, our breathing rate increases, our muscles get actually stronger, our reflexes speed up, and we are ready to take action. The fight or flight uh, thing mm -hmm. that we all know about. Uh, and so, you know, the saber-toothed tiger comes away, you either beat him off or you run away. And these days, we don't have any of those, but, you know, you're walking along the street, you step out, you go across the street, and you turn, ah, there's a bus coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same response. Uh-oh, I bet, you know, something happens. Your body kicks in, you're primed, you jump back onto the sidewalk, the bus goes by, oh, whew, that was close. But then your body settles down again the hormones you know to go out of your system your heart rate slows back down everything's cool but here's where it gets really interesting our body is an a miracle but frankly it's really stupid because your body cannot tell the difference between an oncoming bus and lying awake at night worrying about my finances in retirement Yep. For the body, it's the, exactly the same. It, uh oh, there's a threat. Something bad is about to happen to me. So it goes into red alert mode instantly. Mm -hmm. Except with a bus, I know what to do. If I'm worried about my friend didn't like my Facebook post, I don't know what to do. And so I, so we're we, so many of us remain in this chronic red alert state. And, you know, constantly with the adrenaline and constantly with the high blood pressure and all that other stuff, but we don't know what to do. So we start to we realize that all of these reactions we're having are all fear-based, anxiety, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. All of these are, have at their root is fears. I, I'm afraid something bad is about to happen. To mm -hmm. me. I may not be able to put my finger on what that is, 
but something bad is about to happen. And yeah, I'm responding this way. Now, when it's a bus, I know what to do. But when that threat is sort of vague or off in the distance somewhere, I don't know what to do. And so I just kind of sit there and vibrate if you want. And then it, then it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So so that's the first thing, is that we, we have this sort of uh, biological response to threat. And it's built in. Now, a couple of other things that I learned is, uh, you know, we're pre-programmed. We have what's called a negativity bias. And again, this is a million years old because it says, I need, you know, if something bad's going to happen, I need to know about it. And it would be nice if I noticed it before it got yeah. me. And that was useful a million years ago. Today, the number of things in our life that we encounter that are genuine threats to our, our well-being are very, it's very low. Yes. There are no saber-toothed tigers anymore. And we've all been taught to look both ways before we cross the street. But we have all these existential threats, all these vague, far-off threats that we respond in exactly the same way to. So the other thing that happens, just for fun, and again, in my laboratory, as it were, that I learned, is we were trained as children to worry. You know, your mother, yeah. when you were a kid, I, I love to blame the mothers. It's all, you know, <laughs> we had Mother's Day the other day. <laughs> God bless them. But it's so much fun to say, Mom, it's your fault. Why? Because, you know, it was don't talk to strangers and, uh, you know, wash your hands. You could get sick, you know, doing that, your hand will fall off. You know? And so uh, and so we were taught as children that the world around us is a threatening place. And mm -hmm. when you're six years old and you're walking home from school by yourself, don't talk to strangers is really good advice. But if nobody eventually got around to telling you you didn't don't have to be afraid of strangers anymore, and now you're 26 or 46 or 66, and you still have this thing about talking to somebody you've never met, that's not so great anymore. And now yeah. it gets in your way. And that self-limiting belief and that imposter syndrome and that self-doubt become obstacles to your career and to your success and to the success of your business and all these other things. So now, they, now they're limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Then, and let's just keep piling on top of here, right? Because the world around us is conspiring to make us worried. I mean, I, you know, you'll walk through an airport and there's all these video monitors that are blaring CNN or Fox News or whatever. And I love the headlines, you know, oh, breaking news here's what you need to know right now <gasps> what do i need to know right now ah! and it turns out what i need to know right now is there's a typhoon on the other side of the planet why do i need to know this right now well because the news guys is trying to sell eyeballs on the screen because they've got advertisers and the more they can dramatize things the more i'm going to pay attention but once again i'm in this constant state of elevated stress and mm -hmm. red alert mode and everything else so now i look around and the whole world is worried and i think oh wow worry must be normal so i feel worried or anxious and i think oh well there's nothing i can do about it because that's normal and my response to that is yeah it, it is normal but it's not biologically normal it's normal in the same way that potholes in the road are normal and underfunded schools are normal and racial profiling is normal. They're normal, but that doesn't mean they're good or required. 
and anxiety is the same. Yes, it's normal in simply that so many people experience it, but it is not required. That is what I discovered in my study. It is not required. Not required. Can. It's not required. It's not necessary. And we can choose to opt out of it. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's Well, no doubt. Because it, it is, when you get to the heart of it, the, the fear, the anxiety, the worry that we induce into ourselves is mm -hmm. is the vast majority of our anxiety oh, yes oh absolutely the worry is the worst part you know if we ever you know and when i work with with clients and i and we took you know we start dissecting it and what we invariably discover when we start you know what exactly is it you're worried about and then you know there's this list of things and then I ask, you know, have, have you, has any of these things ever come true? And invariably the answer is, well, no. <laughs> but the, on the rare occasion, like in my case, you know, my worst fear was being broke and homeless. Well, it came true. Now, I would not want to do it again. And I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But I survived. And in yeah. the end, it was one of the better things that happened to me in my life because it, it, you know, it shifted everything and set me off on a new course. And so you know, all that worrying about it and then saying, oh, okay, rent cheap. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and so the worry is far, far worse than the actual whatever it is you're worried about. The worry is far worse than what you're worrying about. I like that mm -hmm. uh, because it is, it is a lot. And, and well, and then too, I think I read this a while ago. It's, you know, every moment that you spend worrying is a moment you could, you're, you're wasting that you don't have anymore. Oh yeah. I love just that. There's just that. that. <laughs> yep. That's right. You don't have it. And, and I mean, there's so many of these, these yeah. sort of wisdoms. There's, you know, the, the, the coward dies a thousand deaths. The hero just won. And then one of my favorites is the acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, which, which can be fantasized events appearing real. Yeah. Fantasized events appearing real because that's all they are is fantasized. The only place yeah. they exist is here. They're not out there. They're just, you've just made it up. Uh, and yet we're suffering as if they were real. Yeah. So what I so then what after all this had you know when it when I discovered that so many people have it and they've had it for so long, this is where the the secret starts coming out of how to get rid of it. What we discover is that worry and anxiety and self-doubt and imposter syndrome are nothing but mental patterns, thought patterns that have become habitual. And we have repeated these thought patterns so often and so mm -hmm. for so long that they've simply become habits and like any habit they drop below our level of conscious awareness and we aren't even aware of what's going on you know and now habit there are some really good habits you know you walk in at night after you know for home from work you drop your keys in the little dish by the front door and I don't have to think about where my keys are in the morning because I know they're right there in the little dish. Yeah. Now, do I remember dropping them in the bowl? No, because it's a habit and I don't have to remember it. That's a useful habit. But as you, we all know, there are many 
habits that aren't quite so useful. And this is the question that I ask when I'm working with, uh, with clients and with students. I ask them, I say, okay, we've been through this phase one. We've studied anxiety and self-doubt and imposter syndrome in the laboratory. We've learned everything there is to know about them. And there's all kinds of exercises that we go through. Now, having discovered that this is nothing except a mental habit, here's the question we ask. Is this habit serving you? Is your life better because this habit is here? Now, that's an honest question, and you can answer it yes or no. Because if you say, actually, yeah, I think my life is better off with, because I worry regularly or I'm anxious, then my response is, God bless you, carry on and work harder at it. But if you say, actually, no, I can imagine that my life would be better without it, then we move on and say, okay, great. Let's let's carry on. So this yeah. method that I that I worked to put together for myself and kind of perfected on myself is what I teach now. I call it the audacity method. It has three parts. And that's the first part that study it in a laboratory. And I call that pattern interrupt. And psychologists use these terms when we've got mental patterns that are going on. We want to put a stop to them because they just they're on continuous repeat loop mm -hmm. on, in our without heads. even knowing it without, without even knowing even know. it yeah yeah and it's like you know if you ever watch on youtube you see those uh, when they set up dominoes you know they'll set up like an entire gymnasium full of them and it, yes. it's fun to watch you push the first one and they go and go and go and over for hours and it's fun to watch but the only all you need to do is stick your finger in front of one domino and it all comes to an end and that's what we call pattern interrupt and we, that's what we do when we just when we step away from uh, from experiencing the anxiety and the self doubt personally. Actually, Damon, there's some interesting language. There's there's a language thing that we uh, use too that really kind of reinforces it. Um, I want you to imagine it's dinner time. You're in the kitchen. You're chopping carrots or something. Get ready for dinner, and the knife slips and you cut your finger. Ow. You know, that hurts. But the, the cut is there on my finger. It's highly localized. The pain is highly localized. And I think, ow, and I decide, no, I don't need stitches. I just go to the bathroom. I get a Band-Aid, wrap it up, and we're good to go. Now, it hurts, but I know that in a couple of days, it'll be fine, and I'll have completely forgotten about it. The language that we use is really important because we say, I have a cut. My finger hurts, my left foot feels just fine. I have a cut right here. When we are talking about anxiety, when we are talking about um, self-doubt and imposter syndrome, the language changes because we then say, I am anxious. Ooh. I am uh, an imposter. And that is dramatically different because as soon as those, those two words, I am, are really, really powerful because yes. they describe our identity. That is who you are. I am anxious. I am David. I am six foot one and I am anxious. <laughs> End of story. But if I have some worries that I'm dealing with right now, then suddenly it's like a cut and I've distanced myself somewhat. I have a cut and I think, what, what would I like to do about this? 
I have choices. I can go to the hospital and get it stitched up. I can put a Band-Aid on it. I can let it bleed. But the choices are mine. When I use that same language, I have some anxiety. Okay, good. What would you like to do about it? You know, would you like to deal with it? Uh, yes, I would, please. Okay, great. Here's some options. But as soon as we say, I am, well, that's a whole person experience. And this is why our pattern interrupt section pulls us yeah. away from that steps away in that mm -hmm. scientific arm's length kind of way so that we can look back at it and say, hmm, okay, I get it. I see what it is. I see how it got here. Uh, what would I like to do about it? And that shifts everything because now you are taking control of it instead of it taking control of you. And that makes all the difference. Yes. Yes, it, it really does. And I, I just want to step back for a moment now your your practice now i fearless i like yeah. the one of the things you talk about i fearless you you help left left-sided brain people that explain explain the 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 premise behind that yeah well the interesting thing about it and you know, we, we we joke about left brainers and right brainers and yes. you know all the engineers with the you know pocket protectors and all the rest of it we have some fun with that but the truth is that everybody is a little bit of each, you know, even the most artistic mm -hmm. person in the world has, you know, a left brain. And this is the secret to the audacity method is employing that left brain logic, the formidable power of left brain logic to step away, analyze it in this, uh, in this arm's mm -hmm. length scientific kind of method, and then ask some questions because, you know, uh, scientific method, the scientific method is, uh, based on objectivity. It says, mm -hmm. I'm going to study this thing. I'm not going to have any preconceived notions about this thing that I'm studying, whether it's a bug or a leaf or a tree or a star. Uh, I'm going to learn every, I'm going to observe it. I'm going to learn what yeah. I, and then I'm going to reach conclusions about it. And that's why we want to leverage this left brain ability to be, to exercise reason and logic. And the other thing we do is use the Socratic method. You remember Socrates back in mm -hmm. ancient Greece. And that whole Socratic method is about asking questions, asking questions and probing. And, and you know, we ask questions like, is this serving you? Because it's a legitimate question to ask. And if it is, great. But if it's not, okay, next question, would you like to get rid of it? Yes, I would actually. And that is a very different stance than I am anxious. Oh, I can't sleep now. You know, and I'm, now I'm worried about my health. Now I'm worried about worrying. I love it. Yeah. We have, you know, anxiety squared. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, that's, that, that's why I, I say, you know, helping left brainers because it doesn't matter. Everybody can be a left brainer for a little while. Yes. And that's all we need. Yeah, I understand that now. And I, I really, really appreciate you explaining it because it is stepping back and looking at that anxiety or what's causing that anxiety from from a different perspective rather than it is us, rather than it's something I'm dealing with or, or exactly, you know, setting it off on a shelf like it should be rather than it's part of us. It's just something we're dealing with. That's exactly right. And that's one of the things, you know, as you know, hopefully we are, you know, approaching the end of COVID. We'll see what happens. But for the last couple of two or three years, man, it's been, you know, anxiety central around here. And 
it's I've there's been all kinds of advice floating around about uh, how to deal with anxiety. But most of the advice, I dare say, all that I've ever seen, you know, if you Google how, you know, how to treat my anxiety, what it focuses on, and if you, you know, how to deal with self-doubt, the, the advice focuses on dealing with the symptoms of it. And the advice yes. is, you know, do deep breathing, go for a walk in nature, have a nice cup of herbal tea, get a weighted blanket and put that on yourself. Now, in the moment, each of those things is very helpful and makes you feel better. But it doesn't root it out, root out the problem because tomorrow when something comes along that makes me nervous, I'm going to feel exactly the same way again. I much prefer to get at, you know, what is that the root of this to begin with? Yes. And let's get rid of that and never have to deal with the problem again. That That is so great because you, one of the things that, that, that is, is frustrating for, for me, I think about, and personally, just seeing how, how anxiety is treated is they do just treat the symptoms, treat the symptoms, oh, take and, a pill, take a pill most, you'll knock the yeah. symptoms back. You'll knock the symptoms back. Yeah. You'll knock the symptoms back. But, and, yeah. and we know there's, our minds are much more powerful than that. And now granted, oh, yeah. there's medical conditions that maybe this is something you can't get completely rid yourself of but your mind that, can yeah go ahead go ahead, go ahead. i I, your, I think this is a really important point that needs to be stated damon and that is that i get it that there are genuine mental health issues and here we are in may and it's mental health awareness month there are people who deal with genuine mental health conditions or genuine physiological conditions that result in anxiety and, and worry and all those other things. And God bless us that we have uh, the treatments and the, the mm -hmm. medications uh, that are available to help with those. But that is not the vast majority of us are fully capable, uh, but we turn far too easily to say, give me a pill, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to the Prozac or whatever it is, Xanax, yeah. uh, to, um, you know, to calm me down rather than saying, no, I, I don't want to put up with this. But it, yeah. it does need to be said that, you know, we're not talking about a hundred percent of the people. No, no. And and I I just think that we're we're far too we're we're looking for a quick solution in a lot of sure. senses. And mm -hmm. that's nice and everything. But what we're talking about here is not a quick solution. It's something that you have to learn and replace habits and do. And, and, and yes, it's not going to take you your entire life, but yeah. it, it is effective for a lot of people. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Audacity Method course that I have is it's 13 weeks and you're done. And if you're not done, you get your money back <laughs> Yeah, because that's all it takes. And frankly, you know, I could. You know, if somebody came to me and first of all, they have to come and say, I really want to get rid of this because there's another group of people that frankly love their anxiety, you know, because, you know, it, it brings there's payoffs. You know, there's always a payoff for behavior. People who, who smoke, you know, they, they know it's not good for them, but they do it. And if you could really get at it, they say, well, because it calms me down or it makes me fit in socially, whatever it is, there's always a yeah. payoff. There are some people that just, you know, say, well, I, I like the sympathy. I enjoy the drama, whatever. Again, if you want to keep it 
I'm not going to argue with you. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it is one of these things where you said you, you have to have a, a desire to change. Yes. And, and a deep desire to do the work it takes to change. Yeah. So as you're as you're going through this and you and you look at yourself and mm -hmm. you go back to the beginning, what do you think was the one thing that made the most difference for you? You know, there's a lot of different things. I'm sure you're teaching your audacity method. But what do you what sure. really hit home with you that you go? That's really kicked it off for me. Ah, good question. Um, the biggest thing of all, and, and I mentioned uh, when I was telling the story, sort of looking in the mirror and realizing that it was the guy in the mirror that, you know, was mm -hmm. responsible for this. The biggest thing for me was the decision to take 100% responsibility for absolutely everything that had and will ever happen to me. And this is really critical because as long as I say, well, it's my boss, it's the government, it's the, you know, the local politicians, it's my employees, what, whatever it is, as long as I say that, then I am completely powerless to make the changes. Now, it might be, it may very well be that something external happened. I mean, gosh, COVID came yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Uh, but uh, there it was. Uh, but and as long as we continue to point the finger and say, that's why my that's why I'm suffering, then until that thing decides to change, you're going to continue to suffer. But as soon as I say, even in the face of that thing and this thing and every other thing, uh, I am going to work with what I've got and I'm going to take responsibility for the outcomes, then now you've got the power and you get yeah. to decide what you want to do. So that was the single biggest decision that I made that launched everything else. No, this one's on me and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, when you when you read, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind, and I don't even know why, when you when you think about some of the people that were in concentration camps and the horrible things, oh. the atrocities they endured, but their mental yeah. that they chose not to be a part of it. I, yeah. I just think that is that is one of the best examples. Of oh, that. yeah. Well, there's a famous book written by a fellow named Viktor Frankl, who was an Australian Austrian um, psychologist prior to the war. And he was Jewish. And like so many, he got ended up in a concentration camp and he decided and this is the choice that we make. He decided to make the most of it and decided to treat it as a study. And he watched and observed and, and uh, uh, realized that the people who were there, who nonetheless had some larger purpose in life, something that they were intending to do, uh, were the ones that tended to survive and the ones that did not were the ones that tended to perish. And he wrote a famous book and it's called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, and that came out of his experience in the concentration camps. But it's interesting that you bring that up because that's exactly right. And that is actually one of, uh, because you know we have these three steps. The first step is the pattern interrupt. The second step is what we call um, release and reset where we, the people I work with actually get to experience, even for a short period of time, what it feels like to be completely fearless and worry-free and anxiety-free. And that's pretty addicting. 
Yeah. And, and then the third part is where we lock it in. And in that third part, we, we introduce some replacement habits, replacement mental habits to replace the anxiety habit. And one of them, one of the three is what we call replace, uh, replace it with purpose. And what that says is, and, and I believe very strongly that every single one of us was put here on this planet for a reason. And, you know, if you look at some of the well-known, you know, you look at the Mother Teresas of the world and the Nelson mm -hmm. Mandela's and the Steve Jobs of the world, you know, they had big purpose. Um, you know, I've got purpose right now. Everybody has a purpose. Some of them are, you know, big. Some of us are small. Some, somebody's purpose might be to the, be the best damn gardener that has ever been and to make yep. a flower garden that just brings joy to people. Well, that's an amazing purpose. And when you have that and you wake up in the morning saying, this is why I'm breathing today in order to accomplish this, then the little obstacles that come along to get in your way are nothing other than inconveniences that I will find a way around. Yeah. They are not game stoppers. But when we lack purpose or when we've taken our, uh, we or we've forgotten about it or we've never embraced it, then you know, we don't have that incredible horsepower, that drive that gives us the strength to go through the obstacles that invariably get thrown in front of us. But when you've got a reason for getting up, I mean, Nelson Mandela, this guy was in prison for what, 27 years. Yeah. What yeah. can possibly carry a person through that? Except we saw it after he got out. Okay. This is what I'm here for. Um, yeah. And incredible earth-changing uh, changes that came about. Yeah. It's so incredible. And I, I like how, I, I like your three-step process because, you know, you're, you're stepping back, you're taking a look at it, you're releasing, you're just experiencing what your life would be like without the fear yeah. and anxiety and, and imposter syndrome, self-doubt. Uh, and then I think you, you talk about locking it in and replacing the habits. That's right. I think a lot of people we can we can read, we can we can do the things and and, and even sometimes feel what it's like without it. But yeah. if you can't replace those habits, the old ones just keep working in the background. That's exactly right. You uh, any habit can you can get rid of it, but only by replacing it with a different habit. Nature abhors a void. We've heard that before. And yes. so that old habit will come in unless you fill that void with something else. Then that old one's just going to keep coming right back again. And yes. because it's been, you know, because that's that's the mental groove that you've worn in your neural networks. Yeah. That's yeah. the easiest one to fall into. Yes. So take some practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then, and uh, so we're, I can't believe it, but we're already getting close to time here, oh, wow. but it, it, but it, but it's, it's, it's awesome to get to talk to you today, David, the, so tell me a little bit about your program, your, your, um, sure. and, and the 13 week program, some of the other things you're doing there at I fearless. So we, yeah. I don't want to leave without talking about that. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I fearless. Uh, and it's i-fearless.com. Yeah. Um, its its mission is to help people conquer anxiety, self doubt, and imposter syndrome. That's what we're here for. Now, I see the I see that as like opening a door for people. 
because once that door is open, once those obstacles are removed, wow. <laughs> it's like, yes. remember, I don't know if you saw the Kentucky Derby a couple of weeks ago, but that horse mm -hmm. just went, you know, opened wow. the gate and wow, away he goes. <laughs> yeah. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm winning. And, uh, so that, that's our purpose, is to remove these invisible obstacles and from individuals and from teams. Because there are teams in, in work workplaces, in companies that, that work together. Now, here's one of the interesting things. Statistically, as much as 85% of the adult population experiences self-doubt and imposter syndrome. I think it's like 75% for self-doubt and 85% for imposter syndrome. So look around you, you know, uh, either when you're sitting in your car, look around you, the you know, find 10 people, eight of them are experiencing it, or at work, the people yeah. that you're working with on your team. Now, that's kind of like dragging an anchor. I, I call it carrying a 100-pound sack of rocks on your back. How can you possibly perform at the highest level when you are being uh, slowed down, obstructed, dragged by this load that you're pulling behind you. And so what iFearless does is work with you either as an individual or with a team uh, and your team members, small teams, and identify what, you know, where these things are and then poof, get rid of them. And then you're free to say, okay, let's go. So that's what mm -hmm. iFearless does. We have, uh, I mentioned the Audacity Method course for, uh, that, that works with individuals. Uh, we also have a course called uh, Unleash Your Audacious Team. And uh, that, that works, small teams, you know, up to 10 mm -hmm. people uh, that we work with. Uh, we have another, another program that I work at. Uh, an in-person thing for uh, helping people who are afraid of public speaking, because that's a that's a really common one as mm -hmm. well. Remove those uh, those fears and doubts. But that's what we do. I work with, through those courses. I also work one on one with coaching uh, with yeah. in, with individuals. The Audacity Method course, as I said, is 13 weeks. It's a it's a hybrid. Some of it's uh, online with exercises and videos and exercises that you do. But at the key points along the way, it's one on one with me uh, yeah. to, to do personal coaching. And you mentioned a couple of books that I've got and they're available on, on the website as well. There was the Unsubscribe from Anxiety, which was the first one I wrote. And then, oh, there we go. Thank you. And then The Fearless Decision. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, so those Good are stuff. available on Amazon. And um, uh, I, I, as I say, I, I mean, here's the funny one. I turned 68 this coming weekend. All right. Mm -hmm. And when I turned 65 three years ago, I said, I know what I want to be when I grow up. I finally figured it out. And so this is my mission and I'm gearing up for my next 40 year career. And I'm nice. having an absolute blast. You know, retirement? What the heck is that? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know what y'all's talking about. So that's uh, awesome. But yeah, so that's what I fearless is about, and I'm available to help uh, and nice. to help with those resources. Nice. Well, David, I, I so if someone wants to reach out to you, LinkedIn's a good place to get to you. I-fearless.com. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. My my personal email is david at 
i-fearless.com and i you know i i open them myself i don't uh, get Very stuff good. filtered uh, yeah. and if somebody reaches out to me i i will reach back all right well i just want to thank you for being here today david again we have david stone here from i fearless we're talking about conquering self-doubt imposter syndrome anxiety and listen to your inspiration thank you so much Oh, my pleasure, Damon. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share this with your your viewers and your listeners. Oh, we're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thanks so much. And thanks, everyone, for stopping by and listening. Ronald, Chris, and everyone else that's listening. Uh, thanks for being here. We will be back again next week with another show.